Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, what else do the Falcons do at quarterback? Who has the second most pressure to step up for the Atlanta Falcons? And we'll preview the Royal Rumble. It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hidden Heart is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We ask you to head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. We're trying to grow to 6,000 folks on our YouTube page. Be a part of the growing community. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify. Check us out on all of your favorite platforms. Also, too, Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are available on those platforms as well. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So when we talk about the quarterback position for the Atlanta Falcons, and I know there's a segment of the population that wants to trade for Lamar Jackson. There's a segment of the population that doesn't want to trade for Lamar Jackson. There's a segment of the population that wants to roll with Desmond Ritter. And I get all that. And no matter what your proclivities are, first off, I don't think there's any scenario where they, I I don't think that they're going to get involved in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. And, you know, maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't, whatever like that. I just think the cost is too high personally, but I also don't believe that Lamar Jackson's actually going to be available. Like I, I fully anticipate that he's going to be in a Ravens uniform next year. And it may not be on a long-term deal, but it may be on the franchise tag that they that they give him. So um, I, I don't believe that, that he's as available as some people want to believe. So at this point, what else do the Falcons do at the quarterback position? So if we believe that they roll with Desmond Ritter, okay, and he's your starter, what else do you do? Okay. So the crop of free agent quarterbacks, you know, when you, when you look at it is, you know, a mixed bag, you know, I mean, Tom Brady's a free agent, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers becomes a free agent or whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of guys that are all over the board. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo would probably cost too much money. There are a couple of names that I am intrigued by because when you have the young quarterback, you always want to have a veteran backup, right? you have a young starter, you get a veteran backup, okay? If you have the veteran quarterback, you can afford to have a young guy starting. You know, when Matt Ryan was early in his career, it was Matt Schaub and Chris Redman backing him up. But then as time moved on and, you know, Matt was established in the league, it could be guys like Kirk Benkert, okay? So here's a couple of names that, again, these aren't exciting, They're not supposed to be exciting, you know, but if you have a situation where you had to make a couple of two starts, whatever like that, you feel like you wouldn't completely fall off a cliff. Like for instance, with Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, okay, you feel like you start falling off a cliff. At least I do. I, I think you start falling off a cliff. 
One name that kind of is intriguing is Jacoby Brissett, who obviously was the Browns starter last year until Deshaun Watson got off of his suspension and things like that. So Jacoby Brissett is an interesting name. He made $4.65 million last year. And anytime you're talking about a veteran quarterback, you're going to have to be willing to allocate some dollars for them. Like they're not playing on a million dollar contract. I don't care how much of a of a bum you are in the league, they're gonna cost you four, five, six, seven million dollars for a backup quarterback. Yeah, maybe that's a lot to allocate, but when your quarterback that's starting is on a rookie deal and he's got a fish heads and rice contract, it isn't that big of a deal. And re- remember, we all brag about how the Falcons have the second most cap space and and all that kind of stuff, all right? So I am intrigued by Jacoby Brissett that he could come in, and one of the things I'll say about Brissett, the Browns didn't really take a step backward because Jacoby Brissett was their starting quarterback. Jacoby Brissett played really well at times, but their defense was not very good at times, even though they have a great pass rush. Their secondary gets torched at times. And their head coach, I think, is a disaster. Stefanski's a disaster. I, I don't think he's a very good head coach, but that's a them problem and all that kind of stuff. But I am intrigued by Jacoby Brissett that that's a name that if you could get him and, you know, again, maybe he cost you 4 or $5 million to bring in. Because I do think that Geno Smith and some guys like that are going to find landing spots. You know, certainly you think that Seattle would bring Geno Smith back. Um, some of the other names that are on this list, Mason Rudolph, Case Keenum, they don't excite me as much. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who could, you know, fill in. Maybe a C.J. Beathard. Um, I, I am intrigued by one other name on here that if he had to start, wouldn't fall off a cliff. But I wonder if there is going to be some marketplace for Tyler Heineke. Now, look, he'd be coming back home, Right you know, uh, or Taylor Heineke, I should say. But uh, Taylor Heineke is a kid that's from Collins Hill High School, kind of over in the, what, Swanee, Norcross area. Um, You know, certainly has done some good things. And, you know, a couple of years ago, he beat the Falcons, but certainly has done some good things in the NFL. And when he started, he's been sort of capable. Now, maybe there's a marketplace for him. Maybe that, you know, somebody looks at him as potentially being a starting quarterback. But I wouldn't mind a guy to come in here as a veteran and sort of push Desmond Ritter a little bit, you know, where there's a little bit of doubt. Because I don't think, look, I like Desmond Ritter a lot, and he was my favorite draft pick of this past year. But I don't think Desmond Ritter has earned the right to just say that he's the starting quarterback right out of the gate and you just plug him into that role. I I do believe in some competition. And if you had a Taylor Heineke or a Jacoby Brissett, and and look, you know, again, I'm not saying that, you know, it's a Marcus Mariota situation, but a veteran that could at least push, you know, uh, Desmond Ritter for maybe being the starter or maybe, you know, put a little bit of questions in there to maybe make him work harder. Now, when it comes to the draft, I'm certainly not opposed to drafting a quarterback, Okay. Now, if we're not going to be in the C.J. Stroud business, which would require your eighth pick of the draft, okay, a couple of names that are intriguing that are probably day three guys. 
would be obviously Hendon Hooker. You know, he's a guy that obviously had a monster season for Tennessee and then was injured at the very end of the year. But I like Hendon Hooker a lot, and I think he's a winner. He's got the size and things like that. He's certainly a mobile quarterback that can get out of the pocket. Um, Pro Football Focus says that Hooker uh, ticks every single uh, physical box an NFL evaluator could want. Strong arm, good size, light on his feet, and a threat as a runner. We've also seen a real year of growth from him uh, with his passing grade and things like that. So I would be in the mindset that if you could get Hennon Hooker as a day three guy, that I would be willing to roll the dice on that. Now, here's another guy that is, I like him, and he was productive in college. He doesn't measure up as far as size and things like that, but Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. Now, he's 6'1", 200 pounds, so he's not the smallest guy in the world, and he has had some injuries, but he's a fearless quarterback. You know, he's a guy that can throw it around. He's got good arm strength for his size. He's not, you know, he's not one of those guys that is afraid to sling it in there. So, you know, if you're looking for a guy that isn't C.J. Stroud in a first-round type of quarterback, I wouldn't mind either a Hendon Hooker or Jay Kaner. And I think if you get a Desmond Ritter with, you know, a, a Taylor Heineke or, you know, a Jacoby Brissett to push him a little bit, and then, you know, you draft another young quarterback, you know, and maybe you stash him on the practice squad, I'd be okay with that situation. But I don't think it's a job that you you just give it to Desmond Ritter because he's the heir apparent. I want to see somebody who kind of pushes him for that spot, pushes him for that job, and creates some competition there. And if Desmond Ritter fails, then he fails. If he succeeds and he grabs the job, then that's a good thing. I'm certainly rooting for Desmond Ritter, but you know, I, I'm not in the Lamar Jackson camp and I'm not rolling the dice on everything that it would take to possibly get Lamar Jackson. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at FanDuel. Listen, the NFL playoffs are here, right? We're really excited about our new betting partner for Locked On FanDuel. It's the number one sports book in America. So if you're new to FanDuel, we've got a really good deal for you. So if you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on, L O C K E D O N, and you sign up today with your first $5 bet that you make, you're going to get $150 in free bets guaranteed. So you bet five, and then FanDuel's going to give you $150 in free bets guaranteed. FanDuel is safe. It's, you know, it's a super easy and secure app to use. And they have all of your favorite bets from money lines to point spreads to player props. Everything that you can get involved in is over at FanDuel. So listen, don't miss out. Sign up today. FanDuel.com slash locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And when you place your first $5 bet, you're going to get 150 bucks free in bets Win or lose, and we certainly hope that you win some money out of all of this, but you'll get it either way, 150 bucks with your first $5 bet. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's an official sports book of the NFL. So 
another thing about the Atlanta Falcons is when we start looking at who has the most pressure to step up their game, you know, I certainly think Desmond Ritter has the most pressure on him to to become either a competent quarterback or, you know, certainly, you know, potentially the starting quarterback for a full season. I, I think that there is pressure on him. But who is the number two guy? Who's the number two guy for the Atlanta Falcons? I think it's Arnold Ebicady. Now, looking at Arnold Ebicady's grade, it was a 64.5 pro football focus grade. Arnold Ebicady was listed as one of the guys that is an early breakout candidate for the Atlanta Falcons. Pro Football Focus had this write-up about Ebicady. Atlanta's offensive players have already broken out. That's obviously Tyler Algier, um, you know, Drake London, or at least we know what they're capable of with a real quarterback. But the defense is lacking players that are primed for success. Ebicady managed 28 pressures across 303 pass rushing snaps in his rookie season, and he tallied 14 defensive stops on the year. His best game came in his first start. And remember, I was screaming about for the end of the year about let's start Ebicady, like sit Ogundeji and get Ebicady in. Well, it turned out that his best game was the game that he started in. Um, they say that there's not much data that says that Ebicady is a likely breakout candidate but he is a talented prospect, so it is possible. Now, Ebicady finished the year with two and a half sacks for the Atlanta Falcons, which, you know, again, that was third on the team. You know, Lorenzo Carter, Grady Jarrett were the two guys that that had more. But we did invest a second-round pick in Ebicady. And if there's a guy that needs to have that step-up type season, because – I would anticipate that he's going to start the year. Like he's going to be your starter all the way through. Whether Lorenzo Carter's on the other side or not, they re-sign him. Uh, certainly Ogundeji doesn't need to start anymore, okay? That's a real stopgap, you know, and yeah, maybe he did a couple things against the run, but he's a dreadful pass rusher and he doesn't he doesn't need to be a starting defensive player in the NFL. Let's let's put it that way. He shouldn't start at the edge, okay? He's a little bit better than Steven Means, but not a whole lot better. All right. So Ebicady, I think, is a guy that could he break out? Could he have a productive season? Yeah. But I think really the thing with Ebicady is I think you have to have somebody pretty good on the other side of him. You know, it feels like if defenses can focus on him and take him away and we don't have that complimentary piece that goes along with it. And I'm not talking about a Lorenzo Carter. You know, I'm not talking about a, a guy like that who, yes, he did some good things and all that kind of stuff, but he's not a pure pass rusher. He's not a guy that's a pure pass rusher. You know, I'm talking about somebody on second and third down whose mission in life is to get to the quarterback, right? You know, who could complement what Ebicady does. And I don't, I don't think he had a bad season, but certainly there's a lot of pressure for him because look, I don't know what D'Angelo Malone is going to be. You know, that that was their third round pick. I don't know that he's more than a rotational guy. You know, I don't know that that he's... Yeah, and we had some high hopes and expectations for what these guys were and what they were going to be out there. And, and I don't know that D'Angelo Malone is more than a rotational guy. Maybe he could do some things. But, you know, if, with all due respect, 
if I could get D'Angelo Malone in a rotation and he could come up with four or five sacks, I'd take that. You know, I'd take that. But Ebba Katie is a guy who, you know, was a very productive player at Penn State. You know, he was a really good pass rusher there. And you did spend a second round pick, which certainly is supposed to be a starter for a number of years in the NFL. And, you know, you, you traded up to go get, I think it was, you traded up to go get Ebba Katie, you know, and you didn't give up much for it. But I mean, you wanted to go get Ebba Katie because of his pass rush ability. And I would still say, look, staying the course, finding a pass rusher at number eight to put on the other side of Ebikati. And if I could get a pass rusher at eight and I could have Ebikati out there, okay, then then maybe we can do some stuff. You know, may, maybe we can maybe we can figure out a way to be a better sack team. And then I add in a Justin Houston who can be a third down specialist and go pick me up, you know, a handful of sacks. You know, I, I always say that the number to reach is 40 sacks. The, the, the number that you have to hit is 40 sacks. To be a playoff caliber defense, to be a team that can, you know, get themselves into the playoff picture, you have to be a 40-sack defense. Now, the exception of that is if you have Tom Brady and you have the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. But outside of that, you need to be a 40-sack defense. It's not a surprise that the two teams that are home uh, in the AFC and NFC championship game, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, also lead the NFL in sacks. They're 1-2 in the NFL in sacks. So you've got to get that number to 40. And if I can have Ebba Cady be a guy, even if he doesn't develop himself into a 12, 15 sack guy, would we love that? Yes. I, I don't see, I don't see that kind of jump. You know, it's one of those things that when you come into the league and you know the the top tier guys come into the league right away sacking the quarterback. The Miles Garrett's, the Bosa, you know, Khalil Mack, I mean, Von Miller, those guys, when they come into the league, they immediately start picking up, you know, accumulation numbers of sacks, okay? Two and a half sacks is, yeah, okay. But there is room for growth. But I do think that Ebba Cady, whoever the defensive coordinator is going to be, and, you know, listen, with Steve Wilkes now on the marketplace, you know, that's another guy who is certainly an aggressive, you know, guy defensively. You know, he he likes to get after the quarterback. You know, I certainly think that an aggressive style defensive coordinator could really benefit Ebikati and starting. You know, it was it was way past time for Ebikati to get some more starts. And the fact that he only got one start, I mean, I, I don't know. Again, you know, there's this, you know, the the Dean piece thing is, you know, maybe we don't start some of our rookies and we're not going to start them till they're ready and things like that. But if you got a guy that's just got some natural talent, you know, turn him loose and see what he can do. And then find out, you know, listen, more than you find out what all of his upside is, you find out what all of his flaws and warts are. You find out all of the bad first that you can identify that and fix that besides just what your ceiling is going to be. But I think Katie next to Desmond Ritter has the most to prove this upcoming season, that they need Ebikati to be, even if it's just seven, 
eight, nine sacks, and he's not that 12 to 15 sack kind of guy, they need a big step up for him. Because if not, if Ebicady can't be more than, you know, three, four, five sacks, this team is going to have to way overspend and they're going to have to tie up a bunch of money in free agency or use really high draft capital. And, you know, whether it's you sign, you know, you sign a big time pass rusher, you know, and or, you, you know, you spend, you know, your highest amount of draft capital on that guy. You got to have Ebicady come up and step up and, and be a part of, of all of this. So I think Ebicady has the second most approved for this Falcons team. All right. We uh, want to mention to you to make Locked On Sports today your second listen every day besides hitting hard with John Chuckery. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. So let's talk about the Royal Rumble. It's coming up tomorrow, um, you know, the the premium live event uh, for WWE. And look, I'll say that next to WrestleMania, this is my second favorite pay-per-view of the year. I'm a big fan of the Royal Rumble match itself. I'm a big fan of the Women's Royal Rumble. Like there's been, you know, over the last few years, the the Women's Royal Rumble has gotten better. You know, the Becky Lynch in 2019 was a magnificent Royal Rumble. The way that that was all booked and put together, that was a fantastic main event for Becky Lynch. So, I'm 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 both for the Men's and the Women's Royal Rumble. So, this is how I would book it all, okay? I don't think The Rock is coming back to WrestleMania. So I think that's off the table. That's out. He's not wrestling Roman Reigns. I think it's all, I think that's fantasy booking and things like that. I also don't think that they're going to do Steve Austin versus Roman Reigns. You know, and and there's a lot of reasons. I mean, one is Steve can't really take bumps. I mean, you saw that match against Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens did all the bumping. Steve can't take bumps. You know, he can't take suplexes and different things like that. That's why he would never wrestle Brock Lesnar. You know, as much as that that has been fantasy booked, Lesnar coming back to wrestle Steve Austin at WrestleMania, it's not reality. Austin just can't take those kinds of bumps anymore. With his neck and, you know, spinal problems and everything that he's had, that's why he, that's how he retired at, at WrestleMania 19. That's why he had to retire earlier, you know, probably five or six years earlier than what he really planned on because of all the injuries that he accumulated. And then Owen in 97 at SummerSlam when he dropped him on his head, like the accumulation of all the injuries doesn't make it to where he can't really take bumps anymore. So here's what I've got for the Royal Rumble. I'll get to the, uh, the men's side of it, okay? I get Cody Rhodes to win the thing. He's the most over baby face in the company right now. All the training video and, and the recovery packages and all of those video vignettes that they've put together over these last few weeks have been fantastic. And we've now got the, you know, the answer that he's going to be back at the Rumble. I let Cody Rhodes win the Royal Rumble. And I I have it where if Brock is in the Royal Rumble, and I don't know if Brock is officially in the Rumble, but I have Brock, I have Sami Zayn, and I have Drew McIntyre along with Cody Rhodes. That's the four people in the, for the, the last four of the Royal Rumble. And the last four of the Royal Rumble is typically one of those things where, it's some of the guys you want to push or some of your top tier guys, right? You know, in 98, when it was Rock and Austin and those guys, those were the finalists for the, the Royal Rumble. But your your last four in the Rumble should be 
Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, if he's in the Rumble, Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes. I find a way to have Drew McIntyre eliminate uh, Brock Lesnar, and then maybe we get that kind of matchup again from WrestleMania a few years ago. You know when uh, when he when he you know was the was the uh, became the, Drew McIntyre became the champion. Find a way maybe to mix those guys up. But then I have Cody eliminate Sami Zayn, who's literally the most over guy in the promotion right now. I have Cody throw him out of the ring. And then Roman, you know, obviously he's coming for Roman because he's got all the belts, okay? But then Roman runs him through a gauntlet. And I have on Raw and at the one pay-per-view that they have in between, which is Elimination Chamber, okay? That's a late February pay-per-view. That's the only pay-per-view between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. They don't do uh, another pay-per-view right before WrestleMania because WrestleMania would be early April. And, you know, I think it's basically late um, late February when they have Elimination Chamber, okay? I run Cody Rhodes through the gauntlet. I haven't beat Solo Sokoa. I haven't beat the Usos individually. I haven't beat everybody that's in the bloodline before he gets a chance to get a hold of Roman. And at the pay-per-view in between Elimination Chamber, I have him wrestle Sami Zayn and beat Sami Zayn. And now he's now he's on a winning streak. Now he's now he's at the top of the mountain. And now you've got your baby face. And the WWE has always been a baby face territory, whether it's Bruno, Backlund, Hogan, Warrior. You know, it's always been a baby face territory. You have your your white hot baby face leading into Roman, and I put the belt on Cody Rhodes. That's the guy who should beat Roman. If Roman's going to lose to somebody, he needs to lose to Cody Rhodes. So I have Cody win the Rumble, run through all of the bloodline, leading up to WrestleMania, and then he beats Roman for the belt. Now, on the women's side, this has got to be Rhea Ripley's year, right? You know, it was not long ago that Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair came out and said that they want to be the modern day rock in Austin. Okay. And, and that's very ambitious, you know, but certainly they are two of the premier performers in all of WWE. So I certainly would have Bianca or, or sorry, uh, Rhea Ripley win the women's Royal rumble. And then she challenges Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. And that'll be a hell of a match, you know, because let's face it, we've gone through Becky and we've gone through Charlotte and all that. There needs to be some new blood and some new infusion of the women's division, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with Becky and Charlotte. They're at the top of the food chain, but you want to see somebody get elevated up to that point. And you have a natural angle. Bianca Belair is, you know, the ultimate baby face, you know, with Judgment Day, Rhea Ripley's the ultimate heel. So you get your baby face and heel matchup. And that would be a hell of a matchup. And, and they want to put on a spectacle for everybody. So I have Rhea win the women's Royal Rumble. She challenges Bianca Belair. And I probably put the belt on Rhea Ripley. I, I probably put the belt on her and let Becky and Charlotte and, and uh, Bianca, I, I let them all chase Rhea Ripley. Because she's, uh, you know, she looks like a movie star. So I'll take Rhea Ripley to win the Women's Royal Rumble. I'll take Cody Rhodes to win the Men's Royal Rumble. It's going to be a fascinating pay-per-view. And 
listen, it's always one of my favorites uh, out there. So I um, always have a lot of bit of a lot of fun uh, watching both of the Rumble matches. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Locked On Sports today and make it your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your favorite podcast from. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, put uh, when you get there, Hit that subscribe button. Be a part of our community. We're trying to grow to 6,000 people. Leave us a comment. We're also free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Spotify, wherever you get your favorites from, check us out there. Apple, wherever you get your favorite podcast platforms from, check us out there. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are also available on those platforms to download and check us out there. And then give me a follow at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll recap on uh, Monday NFC and AFC Championship games. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 